This episode is brought to you by Escape Pain. Experience the power of healthy light and discover how fast you'll recover from workouts, injury, and pain. For your free whole body light therapy session, all you have to do is text light me up with no spaces to 972-528-7033. Escape Pain, rejuvenation, wellness, pain relief. Welcome to Hustle and Pro Season 2, talking sports in Frisco from youth to pro. Now here's your host, Kelly Walker. Welcome to today's episode of Hustle and Pro. John Grimes, how are you? I'm very well, Kelly. How are you today? I'm great. I'm excited to talk to you. I've talked to you many times before, but I am mostly excited for our audience to hear from you, um, to hear your story. So before we do that, let's start with a couple quick hits. Who's your favorite athlete? My favorite athlete. I don't know if I was prepared for that. Let's go with Troy Eggman. That's good. I know it's a lot of pressure to like declare your favorite athlete of all time, but Troy's a good one. You can't go wrong with him. Uh, what's your favorite sport? Soccer. What? Interesting choice for Troy Aikman, isn't it? Yeah. I should have said Pele. They know, <laughs> they don't always align. That's okay. And sometimes I ask people, there's a difference in your favorite sport to watch, like versus to play yourself. So. Yes, definitely. I don't really, I don't watch much soccer. Um, I just don't. So my favorite sport to watch is either going to be baseball or football. Okay. What about your favorite team? Well, that's, I don't have a favorite team. I've got a couple favorites, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. It's like Mm -hmm. talking to my kids. What's your favorite color? And Mm -hmm. there's like six of them. Um, So I like the Cowboys. I like the Mavericks. I like most of the Dallas teams, of course, because we're here, of course. As you should. But I'm from Ohio. Yeah. So I also like the Cincinnati teams when it comes to baseball and football. And when it comes to football, the Bengals, it's a, that's a love, that's a, that's a tough love situation. <laughs> um, I've, tough to love them. Uh, growing up in the 80s in Ohio, we had uh, Boomer Sison and Icky Woods and James Brown and all the, and Sam Weish, all those guys. And um, so they're in the AFC, Cowboys are in the NFC, so... That's how I balance those favorites. And then the Reds Reds are in the um, National League, and the Rangers are in the American League. So they don't meet that often. Yeah, so you can do that until the World Series or the Super Bowl, and then you're in trouble and you got to pick somebody. I would probably pick the Rangers because they need a World Series. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We're going to have a World Series in Arlington this year. It just won't be the Rangers playing in it. We're hosting it. It's here? It's been announced. It's official. We're getting the final... Well, we're getting, we're getting a couple of different parts of the playoffs, but they're doing some different bubble scenarios, and we are getting, like, the World Series at the wow. new ballpark. Yeah. That's awesome. What's your favorite sports movie? Bull Durham. I could recite most of it if you want me to right now. No, I'm, I don't need you to, but I believe you, because I know you're a movies, movies and music guy, so I know that you can recite plenty S- of things. Sports movies are tough, because it's really hard to get sports, you know, fake sports caught on on video, you know, well, yes. like to, to play a baseball game. I mean, sports a, movies aren't good sports in the movie. No, no, no. But that and um, what's the movie, the other baseball movie um, well, with the Cleveland, Indian, Cleveland Major Indians? League. Major League. Right? So I would yeah. say Bull Durham and Major League. Yeah. Baseball wise, you got you got Major League and Field of Dreams and like Sandlot. I love a little kid's Sandlot's baseball good. movie. No good sports actually happening so much in the movies, but they're just fun to watch. Yeah. All right, so I want to explain to our listeners, uh, I mentioned how we know, or that we know each other. So how we know each other, before you and I even know each other, 
you um, knew my husband. No, knew my husband, Ryan. That's correct. So, and then... We went to high school together. So you and Ryan went to high school together, and then you and I met in college in Lubbock at Texas Tech. Correct. So you and Ryan were roommates your first year? Or? Yes. Okay. I'm, I in can't remember. It was so long ago. Yeah. Um, back in 97, right? So And so you and Ryan were high school friends, though, first. Yes. All right. So you and I became friends there probably in 97, which is when I got there. And our, our long sports connection kind of random but intramurals at tech football so, and basketball right yeah so yes you coached my sorority teams i think right correct um like you said black football or powder puff i don't remember black football yeah and our basketball team and i feel like you might you were you involved in our softball intramurals at all i don't think i played softball does it rem- ring I, I remember being there watching but I didn't Were I didn't you watching play. when with Ryan? He was there when I got knocked out. I don't I wasn't there. I remember <laughs> that. You though. remember those stories. I okay. do. That's my, you know, my famous um, getting hit in the head with a softball by a man or a guy and getting knocked out and going to the hospital and having a concussion like two months into college. Go me. Way to start. Yeah, it's off to a good start. All right. So I wanna talk about um, your life-changing semester in Lubbock at Tech. Um, so tell us the story of what you went through in, what was it, the winter of 97? It was the a winter, late winter, February of 1998. There wasn't really a point where I can say something started, but it was like a middle of the week, and I was not, I kind of felt like I had a cold or kind of severe cold feelings, not real bad, but I didn't feel real good, and I remember going and getting some medicine at the uh, store, like some sinus, cold and sinus medicine, mm-hmm. and like on a Wednesday, and didn't feel much better on the following day, and had a, had a test on that Friday, and I didn't do much studying, didn't eat much dinner that Thursday night, because I just didn't feel too good, and it was, it was, February flu season, right. so I kind of felt like maybe I had, maybe this was the flu I was getting, and went to bed somewhat early that Thursday night, and really long story short, woke up seven days later in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. My my piece of remembering this, and we've talked about this a lot, um, was that we all, we, as in your roommates and the girlfriends in tow, um, went out and we're doing our normal go out like college kids thing. And you stayed home because you were too sick. And um, and then another friend of ours ended up, you know, finding you at the at the house. And um, like you said, took you to the hospital. And you didn't wake up for seven days. So when you woke up, tell us what what the effects and outcomes were. Well, it, I was so I was in a coma, and it's not like a movie or something where you just kind of come out. Or at least for me, it wasn't. I just all of a sudden I'm asleep and then I'm awake. Um, it was, it's hard to describe really. It was kind of cloudy, cloggy, cloggy, strike that. Cloudy. Kind of cloudy and just bizarre. So the part of the reason why it was, why it was cloudy was because um, in addition to lots of muscles, like a lot of things in my body didn't work the way I had expected them to. 
uh, I'd been laying down for about seven days, so I had a lot of atrophy, atrophy, and and muscles, and just I, I don't know. It's it's hard to. I was a I was a mess, and I didn't know why. And when I came to, um, I really couldn't see much either. It was a little bit interesting because. Um, as as the result of the, the end result was I lost a, about seventy five percent of my vision during the seven day period at some point, and the my right eye is totally blind or zero vision. My left eye I have uh, twenty three hundred vision, which I don't know if you know what that means. We could talk about that if you want. It's it's kind of a technical term, but. Well, it's in, legally blind. Okay, legally in, in, blind. In, in general, America. it's like it's like you said, you lost seventy five percent overall. So you have in in your in your left eye about half. Yeah, that's that's the layman's terms Maybe. I put it in. I call it. I take half out because I lost one eye, yep. and I got about half the vision in my my other eye. Yeah. And so when I woke up, though, what was weird was as all this muscle stuff had happened, just got just totally wacky. I couldn't smile. Like my facial muscles weren't. They were out of whack, and my eyelids, my left eyelid wouldn't open, but my right eyelid would. So I can feel that my my eyelids open, but, but I can't, can't see anything. And then what I would actually do is I'd like pinch my, you know, reverse pinch yeah. my my eyelid open to see out of my left eye, and then I couldn't understand why I'm doing this on my other one, but I don't need to. Yeah. So then I was like, oh, I can't see it out of that eye. Uh. So what was your actual illness? Bacterial meningitis. I've thought about you a lot lately with all of the COVID, you know, how things spread and if you get exposed here and there, you know, all of the, all of the talk. It is, it um, is highly infectious. Yeah. Um, of all the people that I came in contact with, nobody else got it. So I was the lucky one. Which is really amazing. It I is. I mean, I was thinking back to... Um, I mean, we had to take horse pills. We always joke about saying that because we were in contact with you. But I mean, we we were playing basketball. We were on the same basketball court that week, I think, or probably before, whatever. Um, and yeah, it is amazing because that could have been a big, major problem on campus. It could have been really big, um, the way it spreads, especially like, you know, as we know with COVID now. Um, meningitis is similarly highly infectious. But for whatever reason, I was the chosen one. And you went home, um, back to Plano, right? After I after a I was little in the while. hospital for twenty one days. In Lubbock. In Lubbock. And I went back home um so for that would have been March through about well, most of the summer. And I returned to Lubbock in August. And you finished school. I did. It's pretty it amazing. Was, it was a trick. Yeah. I mean all the things that you have adapted to with vision loss that you're, you know, legally being blind is really incredible. Um, especially coming from, you know, thinking back to that night, knowing that when we, not me, um, people there called your parents. And then I think we were told that they might not get to Lubbock in time to even see you still alive that night. So yeah, my parents were from Plano and by the time they were notified, um, they, it was a pretty grim yeah. situation. And, uh, um, Fatalities usually result. I mean, this, this is usually a deadly uh, disease. So yeah, I, mean, I am blessed so and very thankful for everything that I have and the vision that I do have. And it, 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 I don't know. There was some 
somebody was watching that for me. So yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's that's it's amazing to see what you know. Gosh, that was a long time ago now. Um, what you have done and what you've still been able to accomplish, even just going right back to school and finishing and everything. And um, you said even with some, or that you're blessed to have some some vision. Um, so ambiguously blind is a term that you use. And you even have a podcast that you talk about different things about being blind. And so why, why ambiguously blind? Well, because I, that's how I describe myself, because it's really unclear whether I can see or not. So I recently I've picked up riding a bike again um, through some, some cool interactions with my uh, kiddos. And if I tell you that I'm blind and you see me riding, the, riding a bike down the street, you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. What, what, this guy's not blind. But I am. Um, it's again. It's it's not total blindness, but it's it's. I have. I have. Little vision, and that's a relative term too. So it's really. Hard. I don't know. It's hard to describe. That's, the biggest thing I have is. I just like to talk to people about it. Sometimes I think people think that I don't like to talk about it. But the more I talk to people about it, the better, because I want people to understand. You know, I do have some limitations. And there are some things that I, I can do, and there's some things that I can't do. You have a, an awareness of things that some people that were born blind will never know. Like you've driven a car, and you, you have experienced, you know, everything in life that you can revert back to and recall those images and experiences and sort of understand them, even though you might only see 10% of it. Yeah. The last person I spoke with on my podcast is uh, totally blind, and he lost his vision at nine months old. He had cancer in his retinas, Ooh. and they removed his retinas when he was nine months old. So he has no recollection or what I mean, anything. What do you reference? remember from when you were nine months old, yeah. right? I mean, obviously he, he saw things, but he has no recollection of that. So yeah, colors and shapes and people's faces and those types of things are, I, I know most of those. I know that you have interest in things like technology and music, and so I do think there's prob probably some of those things that have helped you adapt, right, and get through back to school and um, working in your, in your day job. So tell me about those things and that, that some of the tools that you use in your everyday life. Yeah, technology is huge for most people with different levels of ability. Technology can really, can really help in those areas, and... Um, most of my communication is done, if we're not talking to somebody like we are now, um, most of it is done through a computer. And I mean through um, digital, I should say digital communications. Things that can be read from a computer or like in, in this case or in the, the case that I use is an iPhone, which really is a game changer for lots of people, I think, just in general, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how the technology changed a lot of people's lives. But for people, especially with vision challenges, the iPhone totally changes the game. Um, most, I think the iPhone came out, well, it came out in like 2006, but in 2009, the iPhone 3GS came equipped or built in with a program called VoiceOver, which is Apple's screen reader. Same is true with computers. Um, there are, I use a screen magnifier as well as a reader. So you can still visually read what's on your screen if it's large and lit enough? If it's large enough, however, 
I my my eyes do atrophy from mm-hmm. reading things because I have to yeah. get them so large in, in some cases that I'm looking at like two or three letters at a time and it's hard to read yeah. a paragraph when you're trying to form the letters into the word to right. then get a sentence and so for screen readers where the the out, it outputs the audio of what it's reading to you then it's it's so much easier so things like audible for books has just been a game changer and yeah. we used to have books on tape and CD and all that but now that it's more more accessible to more people things like audible the iPhone for instance is is just again I've I've said it already but I cannot stress how much and and people that I talk to that are in the visual impaired community pretty much all say the same thing about the iPhone that voiceover you talk about. So is that how you basically get the information off of your phone most of the time? Is it really Yeah, because you? the phone is so much smaller than, a, I mean, my computer screen is probably like 30 inches, so yeah. I can get things physically pretty big on the screen. But the iPhone, you know, is yeah. handheld, so sure. it's a sm- smaller screen. So it has to be And I, yeah, that's red. 95% of the things I'm using the iPhone for are going through voiceover. Read aloud to you. So you have no privacy to read your text or your email. Well, everybody can hear it. You get uh, you get AirPods. Oh yes. Use yeah. earbuds. Yeah. Or do something like that. But yeah, there are some privacy concerns with that. It's kind of a funny story. Uh, this would have been let's see. When was this? Probably in 2010. Um, I had fallen in love with what is what is now my wife. And I was coordinating with a really good friend of hers to get her ring size. And there was a surprise visit involved where we were going to get the ring size for the ring and things. And her friend sent me an email with some information about when she would be meeting me and what we were gonna, where we were going to go and how we were going to do it. And I was in the car with her when I got the email. Uh-oh. Didn't think anything of it. And voiceover starts reading the email. And... I think um, Aaron. I don't know if she. I don't know if she knew it or not because I don't know if I can get a straight answer out of her or not. But I'm pretty sure she heard maybe the gist of it. So there have yeah. been situations like that yeah. where, where there are some privacy concerns with that. But just get the uh, get the earbuds or the. Yeah, she probably heard it, but is smart enough to say she didn't or play it off so that it does not disrupt your plan to go ahead and yeah. figure out her ring size and get that ring for her. Yep. And the rest is history with you guys. It is. You draw a lot on your faith, right, and your family. So can you tell me about, about that part of this? Well, I'm a pretty strong Christian, and I uh, believe in Jesus Christ. And my he and my family are really what the reason I'm here today. They, they prop me up and keep me going. So your parents and you are... Um, well, you also have a brother here in town. You got I do. A, you're, you've got a lot of locals. I know you're from the old Chillicothe, Ohio. Chillicothe, Ohio. But that's correct. Which was the first capital of Ohio. I've heard that. The somewhere. great state of Ohio. I feel like you've mentioned that to me before. Um, but but you guys are all here in this area, right? So you have a brother here, and your parents are here, and your wife Erin, and you have three. Is this right? Three little girls. That's correct. Okay, three little girls. So when you fast forward to today, um, you know, as a husband and a father. Um, these increasingly active and independent little girls of yours got you on to something new, which you mentioned earlier, is riding a bike. So is this, did this stem from them learning how to ride a bike? And you're like, oh, wait, hold on. I, I can maybe get back into this. 
Yeah, the oldest one, uh, for the longest time, she rode the tricycle quite a bit and really never wanted to give that up. And we tried to move her to the next level, a balance bike or something. And uh, she she had it for about a year, the balance bike, and then showed zero interest. And then all of a sudden, like in February or March of this year, she decided she's going to ride it. And she rode it in like two days. She had it down and she was flying. So we thought, okay, now it's time for a regular bike. And with COVID, bikes have been tough to come by. Mm -hmm. It's pretty amazing. Um, all the things that are hard to get. Right. So it took us about two months uh, to get the bike. The day she got it, because she was so good with it, she, she rode two miles wow. without training wheels on this bike. And so my wife and I are looking at her like, this is awesome. How are we going to keep up with her now? But we got to follow her two miles. And so Mama and I didn't have a bike, and we had to uh, we had to change that. So Mom gets a bike, and that took about a month of trying to find one and mm -hmm. get one and all those kind of things, and we did. And then I saw her riding it and it was a you know an adult bike. So I was like, I'm going to give it a try. I've ridden bikes before, and you know the old saying, yeah, never forget how to ride a bike. Right. It's true. I'm here to tell you it's true. So I get on the bike, and it is terrifying and exhilarating second to second, like from yeah. one second to another. And I, I, I really can't see that well, but I can see well enough to be what I would consider myself dangerous. I was going to say safe. I was hoping you were going to end that sentence in safe, like in your neighborhood streets and everything. Now, is Erin... Does she, she has to be terrified when you're like, okay, I'm going to hop out on my she bike was, and go out on my own. She was originally, but I think she's over it now. Mm -hmm. um, so her bike's pink, or it's it's got pink on it. And I was, and plus it's not as, I'm a little taller than her. Mm -hmm. So I, I thought, okay, it's time for me to get a bike. So we go through that process and I get a bike. I got it about a, a little over a month ago. And after I got the, the tracker for my distance, because now I'm keeping track of the stuff. You're big time. About, I've, I've ridden almost 100 miles. Wow, John. And that's only about 80% of it, because I didn't have the tracker uh, the first week or so that I had it. Holy cow, you're really so going. we go, and it is awesome to ride. Um, it's really priceless for me and, and the, the oldest daughter, the only one that rides a bike. Mm -hmm. She loves going with me, and quite honestly, it's something I never really thought I would do. I didn't think I necessarily wouldn't do it. I just never really, I just kind of assumed that that wasn't going to be right. part of my part of my deal with, right. with the kids, but yeah. it is. Um, so I do have some limitations. I don't go on the main streets, but I do, right? We have a pretty good sized neighborhood. So I've, I've explored just about every square inch of our That's so awesome. neighborhood. Does that, does your daughter, does she know, and is she like aware to, to, to help you and watch out for She's things that might surprise you? She's aware, but not really yet. I mean, she knows about my vision as mm -hmm. much as a five-and-a-half-year-old can, but she, I mean, she still follows me most places. Yeah. Wow. That's really amazing. So are you going to get hooked into, um, like, a, hopefully there's people in this community that, I don't know, have resources or tools or guidance I'm gonna, for Yeah, you. I'm going to find out with the uh, bike stores around here and on a upcoming episode of my podcast, I just spoke with the uh, USABA, which is the United States um, United States Association for or of Blind Athletes, and they have cycling as one of their sports. 
So That's there awesome. are some people, I think, in this area. I just joined, in fact, today, and I'm waiting for some, some details on it. But I think there are some, some people um, in the area that, sure that can are. do that. Sure, so. sure there are. You just, it's I'd like to take a ride, um, you know, like a, like a bike ride. I just can't do it by myself. Right. That that would be that'd be problematic to yeah, get out on the I mean, get out on the road. But I do have a plan. Um, maybe the next couple of weeks, I got to rally some support and some people, and I'm hoping that maybe I can um, organize something. Well, I'm in. I'll do something. Let's do it. I'll do whatever. You got we a bike? Get the old basketball group out. We got some basketball hoops in we'll our neighborhood. Get the squirrels back together. <laughs> the squirrels. Soccer. Co-ed. Yes. Intramural soccer. We were good. I'm pretty sure. We we were very good. Yeah. I, I don't mean to brag, but um, we there was only one team that that um, that got us was the Blitz. Oh my gosh, I didn't remember that name. Yeah, I mean it's somewhere. I think I have a, the Squirrels shirt still somewhere. But we were good. We had our ringers. You know, you were allowed to have a couple club players and and tech players, and we had a, a couple girls that were really good. And then my husband. That's. That's I think that's why you know why we're married now is because he was our soccer ringer and I'll never forget him uh, joining our squirrels team at halftime one game after he had just come back and won the national championships for the tech club men's club soccer team you know after that it was all you know he's how could good. I resist yeah he's pretty good yeah we were pretty good that was a lot of fun though forgot about the squirrels yeah we could we could get some squirrels action going again. Awesome. Well, John, thank you for coming here and talking with me, um, telling us your story. I know it was it was short, but we, we did get the gist of it and um, just talking to us today. So thank you. Yeah. And I got to get you on my podcast. We can continue that discussion. Yeah. I don't know what in the world I would offer to your podcast, but I'm game. All right. Thanks, John. Good to be here, Kelly. Thank you.